All right, welcome to B&T Talk Sports, live from Provo, Utah. I'm T. I'm here with B. How's it going? Going all right. Going That's all right. Uh, today, we have our very first special guest interview. But none other than Jerem Jordan himself. Uh, we'll put that later on in the podcast. We'll put the timestamp on the episode description as well. So if you just want to skip over this part, you can. But bias, biasedly, or obviously. I don't uh, think that's a word. Biasedly. Like with our bias, we want you guys to listen to what we have to say. But if you only want to listen to like what we had to say to Jerem, or if you only want to listen to what Jerem says. Which is the most likely. It's definitely the most likely. I'm sure yeah. like – He's the bigger name than B and T. It's a, uh, it's true. Jerem Jordan with uh, BYU Sports Nation. So th- thanks again. Uh, if if he ever listens to this, don't know if he yeah. will. But uh, obviously, that was, it was really awesome having him on and talking a little bit about him and um, and BYU Sports Nation how and how that came to be, and then obviously just BYU football. So uh, for all you BYU football lovers, this is going to be a fun episode for you. But uh, for now, uh, we'll just go over our uh, the picks that we had for last week in college football, uh, do a little recap of college football, do a little recap of the NFL, and then we'll end it there and we'll transition to the interview portion. So um, why don't you start off, Ben? What, what, what were your picks like this past week? Um, they're pretty garbage. Um, yeah, let me find the exact one. So I had – TCU covering against Kansas, um, they pushed, so I didn't win that one. I had Utah covering against UCLA, that also uh, did not happen. Um, I'm looking at the other ones that I had. Um, I know that I had two in the Big Ten. I had Wisconsin um, covering against Northwestern which happened by a lot because Northwestern's terrible. I had Illinois covering against Iowa, which also did not happen. Illinois won, but they weren't able to cover um, the spread. And um, I'm still looking for some reason. I I can't find my fifth one. But uh, I know Tyler T keeps telling me to write these down, and then I say yeah, and then I don't. Um, that's how so you lose I'll, trust. Yeah, so I'll, I'll let I'll let T go ahead as I try to find my. Fit. Yeah, I had Tennessee over LSU. Obviously, beating the spread, Tennessee brought it to them. Death Valley uh, was not prepared for the Vols, and mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say that Tennessee is very good. Yes, it is very safe to say that. Also, is it okay that I have my fifth now? Go for it. Go for it. I had Miami covering against UNC, and that also did not happen. Tough week for B. Very tough week. Tough week. UVA lost. BYU lost. The Lions lost. Lions didn't even score. No. Um, It's pretty tough. But they're still like, aren't they still the number one offense after – even this past week, they may be. But anyway, let's. All right, we'll stay stay on track here with college football. So yeah, like I said I had Tennessee. Uh, I had Air Force. Um, I actually thought they would dominate Utah State, and Utah State won. So, um, remember how we never we swore to never pick any Mountain West team in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Again. So that's going to be the same with me, but these picks, I'm just never going to pick. So we're just never going to pick the Mountain West and literally anything. Yeah. Okay. And no, then, I'm down. Yeah. I'm not saying that. In a pretty good way. And like, shout out our AC unit. Shout out that we have power today. Yeah. We did not have power yesterday. So that's our AC unit going off right now. So, um, Okay, I had JMU over Arkansas State. Uh, JMU won 42 to 20, and JMU is now ranked. They're literally five games into their FBS debut, and they're number 25. So shout out our JMU dudes. So, uh, I had Pittsburgh over Virginia Tech. It was minus 14 and a half, and I believe they won by 15. Or 16. I think it was 15. So I barely got that one. 
And then I had Iowa State over Kansas State, but that pushed. So I ended up only with plus three for the week. So what were you at? Plus two? Plus one, pretty plus sure. Plus one? I only got that Wisconsin. Dang. So I'm up. One, th- I went one, three, and one. That's hard, dude. That's tough when you know, like, your your picking record for the week is, like, the same record as the Indianapolis Colts. So, yeah, that's that's tough for sure. Anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, college football this past weekend. Uh, we won't dive too deep into – me and Ben did go to Vegas, and yeah. it was a good time. Disappointing at BYU lost, but yeah, we, we talked about that in our yeah we talked interview. Yeah, we talked about that so. with Jeremy a little bit. Um, yeah, obviously Tennessee brought it to LSU, TCU beat Kansas. Um, I was really hoping Kansas would be six and zero, but um, that was a pretty exciting game. BYU has Arkansas this week, who got smacked by Mississippi State, but they, they were have KJ Jeff. They did not have the KJ man, the KJ. J, KJ Jepson, KJJ. Georgia so. got back on track. Oklahoma State won a Big 12 shootout against Texas Tech. UCLA took it to Utah. Yeah, that's that's because I'm looking at these scores and I'm just remembering the games. Like, there's not much besides yeah. that one and one other glaring one. Yeah. Um, in Alabama and AM. But yeah, let's talk UCLA, Utah. What is UCLA? I like. How do you only beat South Alabama by like two? And then you just have back to back great wins at home, which maybe playing at UCLA, maybe there is a home field advantage. Maybe it throws off the other teams that there's no fans there. I don't even think there's a home field advantage. I just think they're good. Is so is South Alabama good? Like or was it no, just an but off that, day? That happens. I think it was just an off day. Hey. I mean, South Alabama has won all their other games they, besides UCLA. They didn't even they didn't even beat them by two. They beat them by one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, you're right. South Alabama, they are four and one. Uh, they had a pretty nice win a couple weeks ago against uh, the Raging Cajuns. But yeah, DTR threw for two sixty three and three touchdowns. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at the uh, South Alabama game. Yeah, 18 to 23, 299 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. Yeah. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, their running back, 22 carries, 198 <laughs> yards, touchdown. Yeah. Um, that Charbonnet's good. Charbonnet's like, I've good. I've known that name. He's a good player. Um, and it's fun to see when Utah has a worse rush defense for a week. Than BYU does, but yeah, Chardonnay is good. I think UCLA is better team, but uh, Tavian Thomas again, just solid game. Uh, had ninety yards, ninety-one yards in the touchdown. Kim Rising didn't throw for any touchdowns. He had an interception. Uh, Again, Cam Rice, I just don't know. He had two rushing touchdowns, though, ran for 60 yards. So I feel like Cam Rising is just like a different version of KJ Jefferson, Arkansas, who I can just pass better. I think Cam, like, I don't look at this game and go, man, they're saying wrong with Cam Rising. Like, this was the defense's fault. Yeah. The defense lost them this game. They had a shutdown defense basically for most of this year, and they didn't show up. Dorian Thompson Robinson and Zach Charbonnet toasted them. You know, Cam Rising, Utah's offense, they put up 32 points. So, not really going to blame them. Yeah. It's, Cam Rising's uh, a good quarterback. Yeah, I'm not trying to take shots at Cam Rising yeah. by any means. I'm not uh, one of our friends who shuts him down when he slides into the DMs, but. Um, I just, you know, you expect more from Utah, I guess. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think no, that does do. fall in the defense. I think, I think you either don't expect much from them and they exceed your expectations. And then once you get those expectations, they go back to being nine and three, 10, two. That's just what they are. Yeah. Which is a good top 25 team. I, I would be 
I would prefer to be in that position. But yeah. I still, yeah, don't know how they're still ranked. Preseason bias, maybe. Um, I, I, I think I, it's fair for them to be ranked. I mean, compared to BYU, I was ranked yeah. higher than BYU. But again, that's my BYU blue goggles on. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was uh, a good game. And then other than that, the really Alabama, Texas A&M. Yeah. Um, um, that last play was pretty awful. Wow. Wow. That last play literally made me want to gouge my eyes out. Like, that yeah, was, that was like, I mean, that's such a golden opportunity from the two-yard line. It is. And, you know, you've talked about this, and I agree, where if you are third down and five, like, there's basically no point in throwing a – a pass that's less than five yards. Yeah. Unless there's tons of room or unless it's in stride. Like you just don't risk throwing it less than where you need to go. Yeah. And I don't know what King was thinking with that pass on uh to the the near pylon there. But yeah, it was just bad play. Um admittingly I had not really seen most of the game anyway. I mean I was during we were in the stadium for the BYU games, but I think uh, Milrow yeah, yeah, yeah. had a Milrow. pretty solid game. Um, yeah, I mean, Jameer. You can you can only ask for so much from him. Yeah, and then oh, sorry, no, that's Jameer Gibbs. I'm thinking uh, Jalen Milrow. Yeah. Um, but Jameer Gibbs had a game on on 21 carries. He had over 150 yards, which yeah, is that's good. I mean, I don't I don't even know why we're talking about that because it's I mean it's mm. Alabama, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think and that was just a weird team. They're just they like are. they'll lose to people like App State, which again isn't like a bad loss. But then you go toe to toe with Alabama. I mean, they don't have Bryce Young. I mean, but it's still Alabama. And so I think they're a classic. We've talked about this. I think they're up there with Florida. Um, and there's one other team I can't think of. But Florida's very much will play to our competitions level, and that's mm-hmm. what A&M is as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was pretty interesting. And then NC State squeaks one out against Florida State. It was exactly what I expected. Um yeah, I mean, I really don't have much else to say in regards to the college football. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, you know, Arizona State beat Washington, which was pretty noteworthy because Arizona State, like, doesn't have a coach. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like you said, Oklahoma State, you know, had a nice win over Texas Tech. Oregon destroyed Arizona um, in Tucson. Illinois, Iowa was literally exactly what we thought it would be in the final score of nine to six. <laughs> Dude, Iowa, Iowa is an actual meme when it comes to football. Like, and I feel bad for their defense. Like, how is there not like a divide when our defense is like, we're literally like shutting down these other teams and our offense cannot even score a touchdown. So I, uh, I feel for the Hawkeye fans. That's for sure. But don't worry. You know who they got this week? Who? CJ Stroud and company. Yeah, good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that game will be probably not. Actually, that's in. Forgive me. They have a bye week this week. Iowa does. So they have an extra week to prepare for Ohio State. But we'll get more into that um, in our next episode. But let's recap NFL real quick. Yeah. Um well our locks of the week both hit. Or mine should not have hit. Yeah, yours should not have. Which is hilarious. Tight, which was Titans covering the spread against the commanders of three. Two. Two. And then I had the Giants uh covering the spread as an underdog against Green Bay, and they won outright by five. Yeah. Which uh, I was not really expecting, but they did it. Yeah. Um yeah, Giants I actually think like you said, uh coach coach named Vrabel. So Giants? Yeah. Um Dable. 
Dable, Dable. Rabel is Titans. Titans coach, that's right. Dable, I mean, you say the best that he's gonna he's gonna keep the Giants in the game. He's yeah, gonna yeah. keep it competitive. And just a really freaking good coach. Yeah. And they were able to squeak one out. I mean, Aaron Rodgers still had a good game and stuff, but I think he Dable knows how to use Dale Jones. Yeah. Whereas previous coaches did not. Yeah. And I think they're Using him really well. Uh, Bills are good. Steelers don't have a quarterback, which makes sense. uh, I mean, Bills are good. Steelers are really, really bad. They are amongst, like, they might be close to the worst team. And I think, I think that's very clear. They're, they're bad. They're going to be in a top five draft. They're bad. Uh, And, you know, you feel bad for Pickett. I mean, he's just – I mean, he threw for over 300 yards. He threw 52 times, you know, yeah. and they weren't able to score. Just – just, uh, yeah, I think the Steelers they're can – They're just bad. Can cry and we'll cry with them because they're in a the tough spot. But my Chargers squeaked one out against the Browns off a missed field goal. Um Chargers are just so amazing and just like they just I think the NFL pays them to keep games close. They're just a weird team. Every game with the Chargers is close. We can't ever just like win comfortably. Especially like I think the Browns are not good. Yeah, I mean they're two and three against a a pretty weak their wins are against the Steelers and the Panthers, who might be two of the worst three or four teams. In yeah. But, you know, Herbert did not really play as well as I would have hoped, um, just statistically. Um, I, I, we were driving back, so we were only able to keep up with some some of the games um, just via score uh, and score updates. Uh, I think one positive, though, is that Austin Eckler – uh, this is his second game in a row in which he's been yeah. relevant <laughs> and not even relevant, but like impactful and like player of the game yeah, type player. So I'm glad to see that he's coming alive. Um, the Vikings beat the Bears. Any analysis? Uh, no. The Bears are bad. Vikings are fine. I don't know if they're actually very good. Uh, do we, do we talk about your, your lions. Yeah, lions are bad. Um <laughs> that's all I have. Well, it's just amazing. Again, you know, Lions lose twenty nine to zero. Um in the first half it was sixteen to zero with three field goals and a fumble rec- a defensive touchdown. So it's mm-hmm. not even not even like I mean, the defense gave up nine points in the first half. Yeah. And then Nick Folk legit kicked five field goals. Mm -hmm. And the defense gave up a touchdown. I mean, so, yeah, the defense, I know Detroit has its struggles, but, I mean. Yeah, that wasn't the problem. Uh, Dan Campbell coached poorly today. Or not today, but Sunday. Um you know, I, I still think he's going to get another year, uh, but there needs to be some drastic improvement next year. Um, you know, all these guys, including guys in the front office, they got six-year deals when they were signed. Like, they are trying to be very patient, very deliberate in this rebuild, whereas the Jets were very much like, they just kind of like, I mean, it's not a bad way to do it, but they splurge because they're like, we want to get good now. Yeah. Whereas the Lions are just being very careful not spending a lot of money. They're investing through the draft, investing through cheap flyer free agent types. So I think, you know, I was calling for Dan Campbell's head a couple days ago, not, not legitimately wanting him to be fired, but thinking the seat should actually start to get warm. Um, I don't think that's happening, but I think we're getting to a point where it's maybe fair to wonder if he has what it takes to be an NFL head coach. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for the GM, Brad Holmes. I love them. I love this team. And I'm really rooting for them to figure this out. Even if it's just winning some games here down the stretch, improving, you know, winning five, six games, that's even that that's better than last year. It's fine with me as long as they just keep improving every year. 
They'll have two first round picks this year, um, including the Rams pick, which the Rams seem like they stink. So might be a decent pick. Yeah, I think they'll they'll be fine in the future, but it's obvious uh got a little ahead of ourselves uh, this year. I mean, yeah, you said it best. Yeah. Um as a our Detroit Lions expert here. Um I see uh Saint Seahawks, Taysom Hill. Our boy Taysom Hill mm-hmm. had himself a game. But it kind of surprised me. I mean, he had a, a touchdown pass, but just, I just it's like whenever I see the wildcat formation in football, yeah, I'm like, okay, stack ten in the box because they're gonna run. Yep, you know, and no one does it, and for some reason the wildcat is still relevant. Taysom Hill is a little different because he has quarterback <laughs> he has the ability experience. to do anything. Yeah, so it's a little scarier, but um, but that, that was awesome. I loved that for our boy Taysom. Uh. And I think the Seahawks are. Geno Smith might be decent. Yeah, I was about to say Maybe. Geno Smith. I actually think deserves some love. No, oh, he definitely, definitely. You know, actually, he's been far better than Russell Wilson. Yes, for sure. Um, Seahawks have played better teams as well. So yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of the biggest storyline there. Uh, Jets, Dolphins. I mean, Jets dominated. I mean, uh, Teddy Bridgewater went out, so Dolphins were on their third string. But I think it's just good to see the Jets win. Yeah. Again, uh, I don't think it's anything against Dolphins because, I mean, it's just injuries, right? Um, but I think, you know, the defense was able to do their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sauce Gardner had an interception and caused the safety. They were they were good. Uh, so I think – that's just awesome for the Jets and for investing in the draft. Uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, we could talk about how bad that roughing the passer call was. The Falcons on Tom Brady, that caused them a chance to come back. But uh, but Brady's just going to Brady. Yep. The refs are going to favor that. It's just a bad call. Yep. And you don't want to see that. You want to see, like, the Falcons at least have a chance. So, yeah. Uh, but annoying and disappointing for sure. Annoying, disappointing. And then Titans, Commanders. All I will say is just watch the final few plays. Just that's all you got to watch. And that was, yeah. that's everything you need to say about the Commanders. Uh, it did kind of shock me how close it was, though. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll hand to the commanders for hanging in there, mm-hmm. but, uh, I mean, I really, I mean, we could talk about the rest of these games, but I really have not much to talk about. No, just kind of business as usual. The Monday night game was pretty awesome. Justin uh, Tucker is probably the best kicker ever. I was talking Monday night. Was that Sunday night? That was Sunday night. Monday night was Chiefs Raiders. Oh, Chiefs Raiders. Yeah. But yeah. Justin uh, Tucker. That, no, that's worth, that's. No, no, no. I'm that's definitely that's worth that's worth mentioning. Justin Tucker's really good. Um, that's a big game because I think those are those are going to be the two teams competing for that division. Yeah, I think. And and I and I think if one makes one clinches, the other one will wild card. Yeah, for sure. But Raiders uh, Chiefs. I still feel like the Raiders are good. I mean, the Raiders are good. I mean, they're one and four, but. I think they could go on a run here down the stretch because they are a good team. Yeah, well, I, it kind of makes me think of the Miami Dolphins of last year. Yeah. The Dolphins were, you know, lost seven in a row, and then they won seven or eight or nine in a row, and, you know, they were able to make the playoff, make the playoffs. And so, yeah, it's just hard to be a Raiders fan right now, that's for sure. But other than that, that's really, yeah, that's really the analysis. We want to leave the listeners' time for the interview. With uh, do we want to briefly talk baseball before the interview? Briefly. Why don't you talk? Why don't you? Yeah. Ben will give a little rundown of the playoffs in baseball right now because yeah, we do talk sports. Not yes, just we football. do talk sports. So let's so, we'll talk baseball briefly, and then we'll rundown. transition. Yeah, and then we'll try to include it a little bit more. Um, but. You know, we're in the ALDS and the NLDS right now. We have 
the Dodgers versus the Padres and the Braves versus the Phillies. Phillies jumped out and the Dodgers jumped out to leads in those series. I think that the Dodgers and Braves will eventually play in the NLCS uh, for the third time in a row. I think the Dodgers are likely going to make it out of the NL. And then right now I think we're, you know, gearing up for an Astros Yankees ALCS history shows history shows that the Astros have just owned the Yankees in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to continue with that trend. I think the Astros beat the Yankees in the ALCS, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Yankees won either. Um, so I think it'll be a Dodgers Astros World Series. And I think that this Dodgers team is just a little too good this year. I think they'll be able to beat the Astros. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if the Yankees or Braves were able to make it either. If the Guardians, Phillies, Mariners, um, if any of those teams and at Padres even uh, make it to the World Series, I think I'd be surprised. I think Dodgers, Braves, Astros, Yankees are are the four teams probably gunning for the World Series. I think the Dodgers win it. So that's talking baseball. Yeah, so I throw that in there. Throw that in there, sprinkle that in there, and we'll yeah. jump back to college football. Enjoy the interview, and we'll see you guys next time. Yep. All right, welcome to BNT Talk Sports. It's uh, October twelfth, and I'm Tyler. I'm here with Ben, and then we have a special guest, Jeremy Jordan. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? Great to be on the show. Yeah, yeah. First question is, how much did my mom pay you to be on here? That's the. That's it was the, fifty bucks. I'm pretty cheap. Fifty so. bucks, dude. That's, that's more. That's more than she will give me. I'm gonna shoot her. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Tyler should probably get this. She was like, No, no, I love the show. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> See, my mom like doesn't really know a lot about sports. Yeah, it was only for 30 seconds though, just so you know. Oh, 30 <laughs> seconds. All right. Well, thanks for hopping on. Oh, yeah. Thanks for hopping on. But uh yeah, no, we're excited to have uh you're actually our first official guest on our podcast. So I am I am flattered. Like, We've had our friends on. No, they don't really count. Yeah, you don't count them. Hopefully they didn't hear that. Yeah, no. Well, they the, definitely did. That's kind of the point. Yeah, that's why I said that. <laughs> yeah, no. we we say you know special guest, but now it's an actual special guest. So yeah. again, we appreciate you being on here, Jerem. And uh, yeah, so while you give the listeners, because we have a plethora of listeners, by the way, just uh, all all over the place. Um, so why don't you, for those who don't know, maybe give a little rundown about yourself, where you're from, what you currently do, and uh, maybe a little like interesting. Interesting, like, uh, fact. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, there's nothing interesting about me, but I'll, I'll say some words. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Jerem Jordan. I work at BYU TV. I've been here for 16 years since I got a student job here. It's been an incredible run that hopefully will last, uh, you know, 20 or 30 more. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm from West Jordan, uh, Utah. Lived in the, the Northwest in Portland, Oregon, Vancouver, Washington area. And so I was about 11 that's a simple summary. I lived in five states growing up, mm-hmm. but um, once I, so I like the Mariners bummer last night with the walk-off. The yeah. I like the Seahawks, you know, and so on. I like the Blazers growing up. Uh, and then the jazz, when I moved to Utah, I went to the finals when I was like 13. So I was like, Hey, this is great. I got the best <laughs> yeah. of both worlds. I'm seeing like nice. four NBA finals. This is great. Um, yeah. Uh, went to BYU and uh, got a job at UATV, been a sports broadcaster since, and it's been awesome. Um, yeah, we do a daily show called BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and myself, and I uh, help call games and do stories and whatnot, and it's been great. Uh, fun fact about me, never had a cavity. Never had a cavity in my life. So wow, wow. that streak is still going. I'm kind of the Cal Ripken of no cavity guys. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll knock on wood for you here, yeah, especially yeah. Halloween. Halloween's this month, so. I consume candy at a normal to excessive rate, too. So it's not like any – I just got – won the genetic olympics in that space now i wish i was like six four with a better jumper i would have preferred that with cavities but i bet you there's six four guys with smooth jumpers that get cavities all the time and they're just envious. i'd take it i'd switch with that right now, right now. <laughs> i would just be six four would you go a little taller a little no I, I don't, yeah i just want to be a, a good nice size shooting guard small forward yeah Nah, yeah, that would have been nice. Cool. Yeah, An intramural championship at BYU, maybe, you know, that would have been nice. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, we're still waiting on that for our basketball squad. Yeah. So maybe maybe one of these days we'll maybe we can just add you to the squad. Are you eligible? <laughs> I am. As an employee, I can play intramurals. 
No, I might. We I, might take you up on that, dude. I have. I need to see you guys play once just to assess. But okay, uh, that's okay. fair. No, that, that is fair. I'll, I'll As a potential the, free agent, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a rundown. We basically were like St. Peter's in the tournament last year, where <laughs> we were pretty bad in the regular season, and we finally clicked come tournament time, and we made a huge run. Uh, we made Couldn't like go a, all the way. We made like the final four or something. It was it was pretty that's awesome. And yeah. And it's a mediocre division, so like, yeah, uh, we'll, that's, we'll have you that's my level. I'm a mediocre kind of guy. So perfect. Yeah, perfect. Well, we're yeah. like an NIT championship kind of team. Not <laughs> that's really. my level. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely it, my level. Yeah. yeah. By so, the way, we'll be at the Orleans Arena in Vegas this year. The final four of the NIT has moved. Oh so yeah. All the really fans that thought the NIT was exciting in any way, shape, or form in the past, get excited for that, dude. Heck yeah, I'm already excited. And this is a whole other can of worms, like. Uh, we'll we'll get more into BYU football, but BYU plays in the battle for Atlantis, which is going to be super fun. Uh, oh, yeah. And then obviously the last year in the WCC, which is uh, kind of I'm I'm excited to move on from it. I'm not really like You're excited to go 500 in the Big Twelve. I mean, I'm excited to go 500, but I'd rather go 500 in the Big Twelve than 500 in the WCC. So yeah. 500 in the WCC and heaven. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Four was a bad year. Yeah, no, it'll be different. It'll be no, different. No. It'll be exciting. Yeah, but get used to sub-20 win seasons uh, somewhat regularly. It's going to be hard. It's gonna be yeah. Hard. It'll I mean, be hard, but it'll be exciting. There'll definitely be some growing pains, but I think in the, the long-term trajectory, I mean, this isn't a hot take by any means. It'll it'll be better for everybody. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're uh, – again, we're from Virginia, right? And I, I like UVA, but – Ben here is also a diehard UVA fan, so he he yeah he's pretty used to good basketball. So it'd be nice to uh, have that consistency consistency here in Provo. So hey, you love yeah. a good shot clock, you know? Uh, I do. I, I love <laughs> shot clock. sure. That, that's that's my thing. Uh, so. so all right, when's the last time BYU had a anyway? No, we'll 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 maybe save this for a different conversation come winter. But uh, but Jaron, we're I know I I know I am uh. I'll speak for Ben. Uh, you know, growing up, my dad is a diehard BYU fan, always listens to BYU Sports Nation, always watches the pregame, postgame stuff. And so how – you said you got a student job. So how did you get from your student job to where you are now? Like what was kind of the path? Yeah. I mean, you had your show. Yeah, just one – the the first thing was uh, I just worked super hard to learn about this and try and – understand what it takes and hopefully over time develop some skill at some level right that was the controllable part the uncontrollable part was my timing was really good I had people who gave me opportunities and trusted me I also sort of manifest publicly what I was hoping to get which I'd recommend for aspiring broadcasters like work crazy hard hope your timing's good and also kind of tell those in charge what you're hoping for you won't always get it but when there's an opening and if you're ready and they trust you and you, you've got a, a, a morsel of talent, perhaps maybe you get a shot. Right. No. Um, so I was fortunate. Um, now we don't use students in the way that I was used as a student at all. We don't put them on the air. They're all behind the scenes with our uh, producer group and they do a great job, but we kind of ele- elevated from, Hey, we're going to use this, uh, nasally skinny student named Jerem uh, to call some some soccer and volleyball and basketball games a little bit, right? Um, so it was it, my timing was uh, frankly lucky, but uh, Roberto Clemente said uh, there's no such thing as luck. But that's when preparation meets opportunity. So I would just advise, hey, be ready for your moment, and then uh, when you get a chance, let's let's go get in there and, and make it happen. So I was really lucky, and yeah, it's evolved over time and. BYU Sports Nation came about in 2013. Um, I had been graduated for four years and was calling games and doing stories and helping produce a weekly show we called True Blue. Mm-hmm. Then we did a daily show, and uh, it ended up being that Spencer and I were the guys. And here we are uh, on our 10th football season, and it's been a blast, man. It's yeah. been so fun. And calling high-level women's soccer and women's volleyball and men's volleyball and mm-hmm. and doing our studio show stuff with men's hoops with Tyler Haas has been great. And, so it's been it's been a blast. I absolutely love being part of the team here that helps tell the stories of BYU athletics. Yeah, I think that's super cool. Something that really has stood out to me ever since being a student at BYU is especially 
uh, BYU Sports Nation because that is just like, to me, just seems very unique, at least how big you guys are, how big the show has become. Um, because, you know, of course, there's I grew up, you know, getting home from school and like middle school, I'd always like turn on Sports Nation on ESPN with uh, Michelle Beadle, Colin Coward. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just a very unique thing that you guys have, you know, your own sort of BYU Sports Nation. Not a lot of other places have something of that magnitude. Um, so like, what was it specifically that got BYU Sports Nation to come about? Was that saying that you and Spencer kind of spearheaded or was that something more from maybe superiors who wanted that idea and thought you guys were the right guys for that? Yeah, it, it was originally a radio idea, Sirius XM. Uh, BYU Radio has its own Sirius XM channel, 143. And they said, hey, we'd love a daily sports show if you guys did that. And so there were, there were uh, some thoughts as early as, I want to say like 2011, about it didn't come about and then in 2013 uh we finally said all right we're doing this now there were several other intended hosts at both the host and co-host positions Mm -hmm. so when i say timing was good i mean timing was good because i was probably the fifth or sixth option there were some political and ecclesiastical issues byu is a unique place in terms of its hiring where it didn't work out for uh, certain people that shall not be named great people that I still know to this day. So I was lucky. I was not an original intended co-host of BYU Sports Nation. Spencer was not either. Um, But we had great chemistry from our time together as students doing local high school games with Provo and Timfew, also being in the communications department and getting degrees in this. I was working at BYU TV. Spencer, like a typical BYU student, was teaching at the MTC. And uh, it was, it was great. We, we connected. Uh, I kind of recruited Spencer back to BYU TV. I told my boss, Hey, I know a guy that we should look at if we have an opportunity. And Spencer was a awesome fit and he's been great uh, to have here the last nine years now. So we got lucky that, that they wanted us. And in fact, they, they made that switch late. I was told on a Thursday and then we did the show Monday. So it, it was very late. And I don't think I was even technically paid for it for a year, but I was like, it wasn't in my, you know, job description. Uh, I was yeah, doing other yeah. things, but it was like, no, I'm ready. Like, I'll do whatever. I don't care about that. I just want to be a part of this. Um, and that's been awesome because in the end, I think the thing that I'm, I guess, if I'm known at all, it's probably known for BYU Sports Nation, which I've done a ton of games and a ton of like stories and producing Deep Blue and other shows and whatnot. But like BYU Ascends, our main gig, man. It's every day. It's super unique. It's on TV. It's national. It's social. It's, it's awesome. And we have a great production team that makes it happen every day. Like Spencer and I are obviously like the faces of that, but there are a ton of people involved. Ben Bagley, our producer, has been with us the whole time. Does a great job lining up guests, organizing the crew. Because a lot of our uh, production team are students that are at BYU. Maybe they're studying for this type of thing. Maybe they're not. It's just a job. It's not connected to the comms department at all. And so they have to make a ton of graphics and video and we talk early in the morning, you know, uh, at 7.30 about what we're doing. The day before, we're talking about it, lining up guests. What are the storylines? What are fun things that we want to bring out creatively with our social team? They could Photoshop and da-da-da. <laughs> Coordinating with BYU Athletics, who has been great to connect us with good guests and connecting with, obviously, alumni and, and national people like Jason Garrett last week was great to have on the show. And so that's fun. That's fun. Like, it's not – there are stresses, but it's like – it's sports stress. You know, you have sports hate and real hate. I don't really hate anybody, but I sports hate a lot of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's a, it's, it's a fun thing that's been um, great for my career to figure out, okay, on a daily basis, how do we come up with content? When it's May 20th, how do we come up with content? We feel confident that every day we can produce a, an interesting program. And that's something I personally love is during the quote unquote dead months, like uh, during the summer, maybe it's like, how can you, produce good content and it's been really cool to see you guys do that so kudos to you and I definitely definitely have a sports hatred for the team up north uh not like sports hate it's not real sports Sports hate hate. and like on on our previous episodes I've gone on and on about my sports hate I will make that clear but yeah um but yeah I can definitely see that there's some stresses or some um inconsistencies that might happen in the sports world that could 
that could definitely create some chaos. So uh, one of my questions was going to be how much prep does it go or do you guys put into it? Because, I mean, obviously you touched on that a little bit with what you guys want to talk about, maybe like creative stuff. Like, was it this morning? I think it was. I think it was this morning with the the missionary tie. Yes. Um, uh, yes. Football uniform. That was that was pretty <laughs> funny. That was. I thought I, it'd be funny if we just photoshopped that. Yeah, so we I, have a team that does that and uh, they executed really well. Yeah. And so I, I hope it never actually. Oh, no, it was terrible. It was but, so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. But I, I don't want us to take ourselves too seriously. Like. Yeah. Listen, Sundays are one thing. We take ourselves pretty seriously. Right? This isn't a seminary. It's not church. It's not even a religious class. This is beauty sports. It's sports. Like a lot of people deal with real life stuff, cancer, death, divorce, hard, real, terrible things. We need other stuff that makes us uh, laugh and can survive uh, life, which can be difficult. Like sports is my outlet for that. Um, and uh hopefully we can help provide that for somebody that's like yeah let's just have some fun with this chocolate cougar tail you know we we're trying to do like a live hit today from BYU dining about as if it was this big breaking news you know um (laughs) didn't work didn't work out but like that kind of stuff and obviously we're going to bring you the serious stuff uh, as well and talk about matchups and sound bites and share opinions that are like hey this isn't going great let's talk about it you know it's not all flowery but you, you also have to figure out like we do work for BYU we are BYU so it's interesting to sort of navigate that and understand how to approach things. And we learned a lot. Um, we've learned a lot over the duration of the show of, of how to navigate that. We don't know everything, but we feel like we've grown a ton. Oh, that's awesome. Cool, cool. Dude, that is uh, just so fun and interesting to hear uh, from your perspective of how you – I'm, I'm not sure what position you were as a student. I don't know if you're like a janitor or like an actual like – I was like a reporter, so I'd do, oh, you like story, I'd do like okay, okay. stories, yeah. and then I would sideline, and then eventually I started doing play-by-play, and then eventually I was like the producer of the show. Okay. Um, so yeah, that yeah, I, like, I was given Cinderella cool story, opportunities. What a Cinderella story it is, and then yeah. and then what it could have been if you were a, an actual janitor to go to. Like, it, had I been a janitor, like, would I be one of the top thousand janitors in America? Like, I I think about this often. Like, I think so. Top that oh for sure I probably go there are top a lot of great janitors I probably go top one hundred yeah for sure dude but by I, the way shout shout out to the BYU students who work at like four a.m. on campus I've had multiple friends do that yeah not you know, us that's to, incredible yeah I like, want to clarify definitely not us no, no. we don't have that work yet <laughs> no seriously four a.m. is yeah. something it's you know what I mean and and like the people in our building we've only had like four students they've had a hard time kind of filling out position. They, they were crazy hard. I re- shout out to the shout out to the janitors on campus. They do a great. Uh, oh well, definitely. Yeah. I didn't know that this would come up. This is a pro janitor. <laughs> this is a pro janitor <laughs> podcast. This is, we are pro janitor here. Absolutely, yeah, pro janitor. Anti janitor. Good gosh. <laughs> Anti clean cleanliness. We don't like hygiene. Anything though. So, uh, with with that, should we transition to some BYU football? Yeah, like uh, BYU football. Let's do it. Yeah, all right. So. Um, Basic, basic summary. You know, BYU's right now four and two. Uh, they we just had a pretty tough loss this past weekend to Notre Dame. Uh, ben and I were there in Vegas, and we have a pretty tough game coming up in Provo, luckily, but against a not so easy team in Arkansas. Wow. Um, KJ Jefferson's probably going to be back. That's the speculation. The the refrigerator of a quarterback yeah yeah who who openly says he likes manicure manicures so manicures are manly uh, like if he can then, then we can right. sure like yeah um but makes a living with his hands so for sure yeah. like yeah i mean they're probably insured right yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh <laughs> anyway so up until this point like first half of the season jeremy what, what are your overall thoughts um we we talked about this previously, but obviously BYU had four big games on the schedule in Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, now Arkansas. So we're now coming up on that fourth game. We're one and two in those games. What what are your thoughts halfway through the season at four and two and in regards to these bigger matchup games that we've had? Yeah, certainly uh in those four, I, I was hoping BYU would get a split. So BYU and Saturday on schedule. 
Uh, four and two on schedule. The hope is you go five and one in the back six. Uh, you, you can throw in just at Liberty, at Boise State, Stanford, at Stanford feel like the most likely uh, tough games, right? At Liberty, sneakier than you think. Uh, at Boise State, always a tough place to play. They're playing better. Uh, Stanford, hey, they, they still got P5 dudes and they can run the ball a little bit. Tanner McKee, obviously. Elder Tanner McKee Elder, uh, is, a good, yes. is a good player. For yeah, sure. hey, um, it's going to be a tough game, right? Uh, yeah, on schedule right now, but certainly trending in a direction that makes feel like there are probably two losses in the back seven, six, uh, which, which is tough because the metrics, I, I put together like seven of the metrics I like the most, SP+, FPI, FEI, K Ford and so on. Yeah, yeah. I just missed three, I guess. No, is right. They had BYU, the average there is 45th in the country. So BYU's not playing, BYU's not, the numbers don't bear out the BYU's playing that great. Um, I think I think not having Tyler Algier has been a bigger deal than we thought. He's yeah. not been able to move the chains and score at the level uh, they've wanted. Uh, I think last year's team beats Notre Dame last uh, on Saturday, but the uh, time possession a big deal, not getting off the field third down and whatnot. Defense. The the question I have that I don't have answered right now. Offensively, it's like no Tyler Algier is the answer to the why. Which BYU's numbers are actually better than last year guys in per carry, per attempt, points per play, points per game. That's surprising to me. On offense? That's very surprising to me. But on defense, down. Um, I don't have the answer defensively. David Nixon came on the show uh, on Tuesday and said, hey, you're not in the right spot. Um, and they have the right guys. They have the right coaches. They just need to do it. So hopefully they'll do it because Arkansas is going to run the ball down. You always throw it. They're number one in the SEC in rushing offense. Raheem yeah. Sanders leads the SEC as well. Uh, they got a, a, a defense that gives up some big plays, especially in the pass game. Jaron Hall's been been better than we thought, uh, which has been great. Obviously, Notre Dame didn't play well due to that shoulder. Uh, but healthy Jaron Hall is awesome. So is he healthy? Can BYU check it? Uh, is Puka going to be in the mix? Can Chris Brooks run the ball? Can BYU take away the ball? Is KJ Jefferson going to destroy BYU on third down like Michael Mayer did, but with his legs? I don't know. The hope is BYU is really good at home, defense home turf, and then uh, hopefully can – can win five or six down the stretch and have a chance at 10 in the bowl game. That's the hope. Here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree that that should be like the expectation sort of where we draw success on for this year. I think something that stood out to me is you kind of address this, but we're four and two, one and two in those kind of bigger of those four games so far, but it does feel like despite, you know, being four and two, not being in a bad spot necessarily like morale, amongst the fan base is like pretty low. It feels like, it feels like at least for me, because for me, it is. Yeah. For me, it is. For me, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's lower than I thought. I think a big part is not, not even necessarily as much the losses as some ugly wins that you would hope aren't ugly wins. I think mean, you talked about Tyler Algier, that being something that, you know, of course he's a great player. We all knew he was a fantastic running back. I think, I've been, I think I put a little more credit in the offensive line than I did him. And now I think it's obvious, like, you know, the offensive line is still good. They did especially well run blocking this past Saturday, which I feel like there weren't a ton of holes open early in the season for us to run the ball. Even Baylor, that was mostly the second half when we were just throwing the ball a lot. Um, What is it? If you had some like key players for this Arkansas game, who do you think it is? I kind of tend to think it's maybe like Huka Nakua, Gunnar Romney, guys like that who are, you're saying Arkansas gives up big plays. Those are our big play generators. And they haven't been in the mix much this season, which I think is, I'm sure, contributed to our points. Like it's, it just feels like the, it just feels like things aren't clicking. So when yes. you start clicking. And I will add on to that, that Arkansas has one of the worst pass defenses statistically. Yes. So yes. it definitely could be one of those two. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Jerome? Uh, you know who's a dude and who's who is injected himself into this conversation officially on Saturday? Cody Epps. Yeah. Yeah. Cody Epps is a dude. Like, he is, he is really good. He's running away from Notre Dame's four and five stars. Like, um, that was awesome. And he's, he's scored a touchdown in – uh, what is it, four straight games now? He leads Cooks with five, leads him in catches. Keanu Hill's the dude. Brayden Cosper is going to do everything you want him to do. 
Um, you know, and Gunner, Gunner, hopefully uh, sounds like he's okay. Precautionary going to the hospital Saturday. Puka played. They just need to target him more. He's got to make that one catch, obviously on third down, but he's, he's the best playmaker BYU has. Yeah. I think BYU will be able to chuck it. It's just really if Jaron Schultz is going to allow him to do that. Um, and, and Jaron a little injured greater than Jacob Conover at this point, question mark. We don't have a lot of, I don't think Jaron's that injured where that's in question. And we don't have a Baylor Romney sitting there. Like if Baylor was sitting there, we'd have the same conversation we had last year when it was like, oh, should you have 100% Baylor and an injured Jaron? Jaron's really good. Like he's going to make great decisions. But again, got banged up against Utah State, which let's just never play Utah State again. Like I just don't need it anymore. Uh, People get hurt. Uh, Is it causation? Is it correlation? I think it's correlation that we think it's causation. But um, yeah, BYU's got plenty of playmakers. I'm not worried about that. It's like, let's just get the ball to them. But more, more, uh, more plays to Cody Apps, more down the field to Gunner and Puka. We'll be all right that way. De- defensively, I'm just hoping BYU can slow down Arkansas's run game. They're just so good. Yeah. 233 a game. If, if, if they control the line of scrimmage, it's going to be a long day. Because in the two games BYU lost, they, they got burned in time possession, third down, defense was on the field way too much. Got to shore that up. And you do that by, one, defensively getting off the field. But, two, the offense can stay on the field a little longer. BYU had three three and outs against Notre Dame. Two were one and out uh, with a pick and the safety. So <laughs> avoid those plays, and you got a good chance to win, especially at home. Yeah, I think – totally agree. I, I think we could talk about the offense all that we want, but I feel like the offense is still going to do their thing. Um, and I think the running game will hopefully this week be more uh, prevalent, more involved. I guess it's more positive in general, like it was last week than it has been the games before. I think it's more of a defensive thing, like uh, you said. For me, gosh, I could go on and on. Uh, we we have talked, and I just want to know your thoughts on this, um, about – it's not it's not an issue of necessarily I mean to me again I'm not I didn't play football like growing up again I'm just like just I love watching it uh this big boy he did but um but to me it's just frustrating to see the whole rush three drop eight a lot mm-hmm. especially especially on like some third and long situations where it felt like at least sitting in the stadium, it felt like a few of these third down, third and long conversions that Notre Dame had. It felt like Drew Pine was in the pocket for like um, a whole five, mission. Five minutes. He served a mission in the pocket. That's what. Yeah. That's what it he was did. that long. It was a transfer. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. And so I think, and I know, you know, I might be preaching to the choir or like very much be redundant here with a lot of fans that you interact with on, <laughs> on Twitter. I, I, I'm, I'm one sure. of them for sure. But yeah. Um, do you think there needs to be a change as far as scheme or potentially coaching or philosophy? Because it seems like in the Bronco era, he was aggressive. And to me personally, it's almost like I would rather lose being overly aggressive than overly conservative. And that's what BYU's defense seems to be. It's just too conservative for me. So this is a very uh, conservative place. Yeah. So, well, uh, and I, I get, I get this question slash comment a lot. So here I've talked to Elias Tuiaki about this um, and like the motivation bef- behind drop eight sometimes. Yeah. So he said, he said, well, to me, that's aggression from a secondary perspective, meaning we're going to make you have to throw at eight guys uh, intermediate to long. Um, and BYU beat, Keaton Slovis and USC with this. They beat Jordan Love and Utah State with this, where they threw multiple picks, I think three in each game. Like uh, uh, a lot of Blake, Blake Shapin and Baylor. Uh, mm-hmm. Blake Shapin's first real tough road start. He had one other at Kansas State. Um, yeah, I, like drop eight in a certain situation can work. It depends if that quarterback, yes, he has time to throw, and when he completes it, yes. But when he when he makes a bad throw or it's incomplete, it's like it's because they're – there weren't a lot of places to throw it. Like Jaron Hall, we asked him, would you rather defend throw against a drop eight or a blitz? And he said, I'd rather throw against a blitz because I know where there's an opening. So that tells you like, Hey, drop eight's harder to throw against. In oh. 
So it, it all depends. Like drop eight doesn't mean BYU is being passive per se, in my opinion. It just means they're forcing that quarterback to make a play more than, hey, we're going to make you get the ball up. And if he steps uh, to the side of that rush, now you're screwed. Like now, now you're in trouble. And BYU's always been uh, in a position where they're like, hey, why don't you have a 10-play drive that takes six-plus minutes against us? And if you do, okay, great. You got us on that one. But you're not going to do it all day. You're going to turn it over. You're going to get a holding call. We're going to – you're not going to find that guy on third and seven when we drop eight. Like the, the chances are um, you, you risk one-on-ones with no safety back. If you're bringing too much pressure, granted there's uh, nicely timed pressures at certain moments. Baylor BYU did do that at times. So yeah, there's like a mix there, right? That yeah. I, I think we need to be careful though. When it's like, we drop eight every time. Don't use superlatives. You, you know what I mean? Like every time. No, we don't. It's not every yeah. time. Come on now. Um, but there, there is a there is a mix there of just being more effective. And BYU said, "Listen, we haven't been in the right places, the right fits, right uh, assignments." Out. It's like, why not? Why not? Like, <laughs> the, like this is the same defense from last year. They are capable. They are capable of being better. Um, so I'm excited to see that happen. Hopefully, quickly. Yeah, I understand. Given your position and talking about BYU, you have to be somewhat diplomatic here but just personally like do you like it the defense the scheme results based whatever is results okay whatever gets results like honestly i don't care like if uh, unless it's running the option on offense i don't want to do that (laughs) yeah other than that whatever works yeah Yeah. and and we we recruit a certain person in a certain position you know what i mean like we get a certain skill set at a certain spot based on being BYU and they're very, they're very skilled. We have guys in the NFL at every position on defense. Um, are we better at getting linebackers than any other? Yeah. So you emphasize that by ideally playing a three, four, so you can get more playmakers on the field. Wow. Yeah. That's fair. I like that. Um, and I liked how you're talking about time of possession. I feel like that's been a big theme, especially in that Oregon game. It felt like the time of possession issue felt like a big oh my gosh, our defense can't get off the field issue. Um, Whereas in this past Notre Dame game, this past weekend, it felt like a lot of the time of possession issues were were the offense can't stay on the field. And that is why the defense is always on the field. So um, what is it that you think the offense needs to do in order to help out the defense? Because it really felt like, you know, I think it's easy to kind of go after the defense a little bit. Um, but this past weekend, like, I didn't look at that game and go, the defense is the reason we lost. My thought on it was I felt like a, a large part, some really, you know, uncharacteristic kind of stupid mistakes, but also just like the offense in the first half, I felt like killed us and kind of put the the defense in a bad spot. So what yep. does the offense need to do to put the defense in better spots? Because, you know, we want to, we want to make them work all the way downfield, but if our offense can't stay on the field, then that's really kind of going to screw us because then the defense is gassed. Um, so, what does the offense need to do in order to complement or help out the defense with what um, Tuiaki is trying to do? Yeah, Jaron Hall addressed this with Spencer oh. after the game. He said, "We've got to be better on first down. Yeah. They've got they've got to have more success rate. Uh, you know, you got to get fifty per, try and get fifty percent of those yards." And then uh, on, on second down, get 50% of those yards. Then that, that's an actual stat. Like, how are you doing in getting yards towards a first down, right? Um, thir- and, you know, third down, it's obviously convert at mm-hmm. that point. But, yeah, BYU can't have two one and outs. You yeah. can't have three, three and outs or less. Uh, BYU has 12 three and outs this year in six games. Not a huge number. Um, but it, it's been kind of bigger in the two big games, obviously. Yeah. And BYU got three and outs, right? And, and a pick against Notre Dame that, in that third quarter, the momentum was going with BYU where it was like, stop, touchdown, stop, touchdown. And it was like, hey, it's going now. So you're right. The defense can certainly uh, be better, but offensively, that's the Tyler Algiers not here thing is like, okay, let's establish Christopher Brooks. Slash on first down, just make sure you're getting five yards. And then second and five, you have both options, right? And then you got to convert. And I'd love to see Jaron 
sprint out and pull the old Russell Wilson, not the new, the old Russell Wilson uh, third down and six rush for a first where he sticks the ball out and gets the first and the defense is like, ah, right. Yeah. Jaron, Jaron, I think can uh, do that a little more uh, slash. Yeah. Hey, you has tight ends, right? Like where yeah. Isaac Rex over the middle, maybe a little bit. I'd love to see that. Yeah. I think that's pretty, pretty hot topic. Obviously Dallin Holker, no longer part of it, and yeah. you have. I, I He's got dudes though. Yeah, they like, still do. Yeah. Ethan definitely. Erickson. Ethan yeah, Erickson's yeah. touchdown catch was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Late Eric, one. Like you have Rex. I mean, I, I don't like calling Mason Wake a tight end. Yeah, but it's the same same position group yeah. in terms of how BYU groups it. Yeah, H yeah. H back. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I definitely agree of trying to utilize more. Uh, Jaron scrambling yeah, tight tight end tight end right here. Just, you know, yeah. yeah there you go you know if if you had Dennis Finnis fix enough just kidding yeah. we lost that organ for good uh, yeah <laughs> we hopefully five and one yeah no optimistically six and zero but um but yeah I think and I also want to say the I think the defense this past weekend actually played pretty well they gave up some pretty brutal plays but that third and long run. Was really killer. Yeah, um, and BYU got one. Remember? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's like seventeen inside its own ten. That was a touchdown drive. Was that second? I think it was second because it was like a whole. It, it, it may have. Been. Anyway, yeah. Uh, wait, there's just some brutal plays that happened. But I mean, you're on the field for 40 minutes. You only give up 28 points. You get a pick. I think just timing wise, as the offense, you just can't go three and out uh, after a pick like that and momentum. But. Um, but being being at the game, uh, being at the game in Vegas was really fun, especially because uh, Notre Dame comes out, scores that touchdown to start the second half, and kind of the. Air. No, uh, I I I was telling him like I think this is over once they scored to start the second half. Yeah, but then obviously like some momentum started to shift, and um, obviously Notre Dame doing their little light show in between the third and the fourth quarter and just the BYU fans just chanting BYU BYU totally taking over and then scoring right after that it was it was a really fun game to go to and uh I think that's what makes BYU uh just a really fun team and fun fan base obviously and I think that's such a sell for recruits as well and so I think I, I know you don't have a ton of time left but going into a bigger picture big 12 we are. We talked a little basketball uh, about Big Twelve. That it's going to be a lot more competitive. It's going to be a lot harder. What are your thoughts moving forward? Let's just go next year. What are your thoughts moving forward about BYU and in, in the Big Twelve? Obviously, we're all excited, but there's also some fear in me. I, I think. I, I think. I think there's definitely there's a lot of fear. fear. Just to add on before you answer that question, I think there's a lot of fear, at least for me initially, because it feels like we could be having a lot of turnover, a lot of new guys in new places, um, you know, likely a new quarterback, you know, a likely, I mean, a lot of our receivers that will be here next year have stepped up with injuries, but like, how are you, what, what's kind of the vibe check of entering the big 12, especially with a lot of turnover with a new quarterback, new guys at a lot of different positions. Yeah, the, it feels like the program's just stoked out of their minds to finally get a chance to compete at a level they felt like they've been. But now you get a chance, right? Yeah. Um, and BYU went six and one versus Power Fives last year, and uh, you know right now one and two, trying to improve that. But yeah, that that BYU can hang, and that they can prove that they can do so, and that um, you'll be in a bowl game that perhaps is a little better. Granted, if you're not making the New Year's Six, there's not a ton of great bowl games out there besides like holiday alamo and capital one like the rest are just kind of whatever to me um but but what if you can compete for a big 12 title right which is exciting yeah i agree next year if if this you if this team performs like we think they will which is like nine plus wins gonna have a ton of turnover new quarterback like you said new running backs although miles davis walks in as the incumbent as of now um but the receivers are good tight ends are good O-line, you lose uh, a couple of the NFL, Clark Barrington, Blake Freeland. You still have Kingsley, who uh, should be a draft pick in the future. And you have a loaded group that's excited to be able to play, like Campbell Barrington and right. whatnot. Here's the chance might even make the NFL. Like, there's some legit dudes, which is exciting. So next year, to me, because we don't know what it's like to play 10 P5s, 
nine plus Arkansas next year. Yeah. It's make a bowl game. Next year, next year is like just make a bowl game because we're going to be at least two and one in non-conference. So in league, you're hoping four and five minimum. If you go seven, eight wins, like eight plus to me, eight plus wins is a good team for anybody in college football. Like you won eight, like seven, you're like barely above 500, six, you are 500 or maybe below if you lost the bowl. Like eight plus is always a good win. And then hopefully BYU can continue to recruit at a high level where they're getting some legit talent, perhaps a transfer quarterback that competes with Conover for the starting spot. I'd love that just as some insurance, right? Um, and Cade Fennigan, they like Cade Fennigan. We just haven't seen him in the game. So it's just the unknown is always a little murky. But no, I, no I'm excited, man. It's I can't wait to uh, think about Lubbock and Ames and Manhattan and all these Even random Lawrence Midwest now. cities. And Lawrence, yeah, hey, Ann's got a football yeah. team. How about that? Uh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah. And there's no – like, yeah, it's it's going to be it's gonna be awesome. Like, the Big 12 is actually a downgrade in a couple sports, like women's soccer, uh, WCC is better. So certain sports that I call – like women's volleyball, Texas is number one. But once they leave the league, it's like, ah, BYU might win it. Uh, it's mainly a football-basketball kind of conversation there because a lot of the other sports, BYU is ready to compete and win titles in that league. In football and men's hoops, it's going to take a sec to hope for that special season. I think so as well. Yeah. So, well, well, yeah, we'll we'll just wrap it up here. Jerem, thanks so much for coming on our podcast for our, again our first special guest interview. Hopefully, not our last. I mean, that'd be kind yeah, of. If I'm the last. You guys are in trouble. Come on now. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but you can say that I was a special guest. I was the only special guest to ever appear on this podcast, but yeah. if we, for some reason, make it big, then you're you're going to make it big with us. So yeah, exactly. that's the hope. That's, that's the, the hope. hope. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, shout out, Jerem. Shout out, BYU Sports Nation. Uh, give them a follow on. What, 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 actually, I don't know. You, you, you want followers? You want people like? Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, hey, Satan had them. I want them too. You know, like all good. Like, <laughs> At Honey Bunches of Boach is uh, the official sponsor of this here podcast, by the yeah, way. And shout out to my guy, Dennis Pitta. Yeah. We uh, ran out of time for him, but yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, exactly. yeah. It was fun, it was fun being on the show, brother. Yeah. So yeah. thanks so much, and uh, till next time, man.